This is the Lviv Lamp Podcast, Episode 3. Check us out online at lvivlab.com, L-V-I-V-L-A-B.com. Hello and dobry den from Lviv, Ukraine. My name is Joe Lindsley and I'm an American who's been stuck here during this time of lockdown and closed borders. But it's been a great place to get stuck. With a team of journalists, students, visionaries, we've created the Lviv Lab for the Activation of Democracy, an experiment in reimagining media. In this episode, we talk with friends from New Orleans and Lviv. Both of these cities are great tourist destinations because of their music, history, festivals, beauty, and cuisine. And because of this, both cities have suffered immensely during this time of travel restrictions and closed borders. I think New Orleans needs another source of income besides tourism. Because even if we get better, it's going to be a while before people start coming back. Both of our industries are kneecapped until people feel comfortable being in a building with other people again. We begin our conversation talking with Meryl Zimmerman, a jazz singer in New Orleans, and her husband Trey Rentala, a pastry chef in Mobar in the French Quarter. I met both of them at a food festival in Torino, Italy a couple of years ago, the Salon del Gusto. We had marooned ourselves at the Negroni station and in the process became friends. I've been following on Facebook their quarantine stories, how Meryl is finding new audiences for her music, and how Trey is providing meals for people who are out of work. I uh, have realized that singing is one of the best ways to transmit the virus because the nature of singing, like your you're sustaining vowels, you're opening your mouth for long periods of time, you're using breath support, you sing loudly with more force, and all of this stuff creates these aerosol clouds that just kind of like hang in the air for a while. And it's a lot more dangerous than just normal talking. So I don't know when I'm gonna be able to gig again or teach in-person voice lessons because it's dangerous and you can't wear a mask when you sing. And so, stuck in their house during this time of quarantine, Trey and Meryl have found some new ways to thrive while helping others. Trey started cooking meals for chefs and musicians and others who are out of work in New Orleans. And Meryl has started uh, singing classes on Zoom. Trying to think, like, what can I do with my time and how can I make a little money and do something to help? Like, going back to what you were saying. There's a lot of families right now with little kids that are like stuck in the house that are probably getting stir crazy. And if I can entertain them for half an hour, a couple of days a week and kind of give the parents a little break and put smiles on children's faces. We were both like, all right, how do we monetize our skills as efficiently as possible? Monetize slash be helpful. Yeah. <laughs> like the classes I'm offering are technically free. I'm asking for a suggested donation because, you know, it's a mix. Some of the families that have been coming to my Zoom classes are still working and like financially they haven't been impacted and I want it to be open to everybody. So like if, you know, parents lost their jobs, I want them to be able to come. So I'm doing suggested donation. And um, the nice thing about a Zoom class as opposed to an in-person class is you can fit as many people as you want. With restaurants closed, Trey made money by making pastries and selling them. He started with the babka, a pastry that incidentally originated in the region around Lviv. And so now the Trebon Food Fund, as they call it, is providing free, wholesome, excellent meals for, for up to 80 chefs, musicians, out-of-work artists, and others nearly every day. This is the Lviv Lamp Podcast, produced from Lviv, Ukraine. As the world emerges from quarantine and lockdown, attitudes are shifting, and maybe we are seeing a new, radically different economy forming. Yeah, I feel like also this is going to make people a little more self-sufficient because they can't, there's so many people that are just baking shit now, and 
and there's this like entire barter economy going on with like restaurant folks who are like, I'll trade you this uh, batched cocktail for like, they're just like trading food and drink with each other. We've gotten so many cool things. Yeah. We got plants for his food. We've gotten more food for his food. (laughs) Speaking of cocktails, we were joined by Taras Grabovi, a Ukrainian bartender who previously was slinging $2,000 drinks in the Middle East. With his wife and Ukrainian friends who they met in Dubai, they came to Lviv last fall to open a cocktail bar, Sino Experimental. Taras had hoped to go to Tales of the Cocktail in New Orleans, but obviously now the borders closed, that's not possible. Uh, his bar has been closed since quarantine began, and he joined our conversations and told us of how his bar will be adapting in a post-lockdown world. So after quarantine, I don't think there will be a big rush to the, to the restaurants and bars because people will be just without any money. So like it's our biggest fear that uh, the first months, two months will be without any customers because most of our products always cocktails. And I think after quarantine, the much cheaper items will replace the cocktails, beers, or some homemade shots as you, Joe, were drinking, Joe, like <laughs> what we think and what we are really scared of. But uh, yeah, we already have the strategy. We, we will make like section in our menu, which will be with a super democratic prices. So actually anyone could, after quarantine, afford <laughs> to have a like cocktail. You're listening to the Lviv Lamp podcast produced in Western Ukraine. Visit us online at LvivLab, L-V-I-V-L-A-B.com. Coming up next, we will talk with Timmy Harris, who's a cook uh, in New Orleans, where he's worked for some of the city's top chefs. Quarantine has exposed some long-existing and hidden difficulties in many industries, especially the restaurant business. My co-host Dennis Boyevsko and I spoke with Timmy Harris, a cook who has worked for some of New Orleans' top chefs, including Emeril Lagasse and Alain Shia. Now, Timmy says, though he loves cooking for others, he's leaving the food business and going to med school. Quarantine, he says, has made it clear to him that the restaurant life is not sustainable. You know, I had kind of Anthony Bourdain was a lot of the inspiration for beginning, like taking cooking seriously, and I was reading his book. Kitchen Confidential yesterday and kind of ends with these these different injunctions. So you want to be a chef. These are the things that are required. And the I think number three was this is your only thing. You don't if you think you're gonna be working 80 hours a week and then on that 80th hour as you're like peeling potatoes because your prep cook didn't call in, if you feel like you're gonna think that this was a mistake, then just don't do it you know, this, this isn't for you. This isn't your industry. And that's how I kind of found myself in those, you know, the 60th and 70th hour of the, of the work week thinking, man, this is not fun. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this for five years. And I don't want to, you know, you talk to the chefs and the chefs are always just angry. You know, the, the stereotypical, like shouting angry chef, it's like, it's a stereotype for a reason, at least everywhere I work. So, you know, just kind of the prospects of like, if I could spend five years and I can be like a head chef somewhere, that would be awesome. But if I could spend five years going back to medical school, the prospects of, of that are, are, are much greater. And then maybe I can get back, back into hospitality and just throwing these dinner parties that were 
kind of the point to begin with, you know? The money is based on kind of, and uh, tips is kind of based on these, like, these social interactions and kind of speaking with people and, and kind of like that spirit of entering a room with strangers and leaving as friends. I don't see a bright future for New Orleans and bars, especially with the fragility and like only after a month, places are saying they're going to need to shut down permanently. So I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a problem that's existed for a long time. And I don't see anyone kind of proposing anything that's going to actually solve that problem. I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult problem. And it got a little depressing talking about restaurants, so we shifted to music. I have a question for you. What is the first thing I get to know when I come to your city? Or like the first thing I'm going to see? Here in New Orleans, you know, I guess you're getting off the plane and you're getting on the interstate, you see the Superdome as you're driving to the city. Football. And I guess if you're, you're staying in the quarter... I mean, I was, if you're coming from Ukraine, you're going you're gonna to stay in New Orleans proper and you just hear the street music as you're walking down this older looking part of the, of the states. You got performers on the corner, brass bands, people tapping buckets. <laughs> well, that's one thing in common between New Orleans and Lviv because Lviv has the same, like a whole bunch of street performers. And once I even saw a man performing an opera singing i don't know how, how to go call it how to name it correctly but still he was just singing opera in the really? center of Lviv. yeah and he that's amazing such a high voice <laughs> that's incredible well that sounds great it's yeah maybe maybe not so different than in that regard for sure this is the Lviv lamp podcast produced from Lviv, ukraine did you know that there is another jazz fest in Lviv? Not only okay. the Leopolis Jazz Fest, there is Jazz and Vine Festival held in October. And this is the fest that all the Peace Corps volunteers love. Like, ah. are totally in love with it. Actually, I am a kind of Peace Corps volunteer from the Ukrainian side because I have been volunteering on the camps for four years so far and it's always the big joy for me to see all all my friends all my old teammates uh, co-workers and co-staff members just walking leave drinking wine eating cheese and like man we're here for the festival (laughs) like this all is only for the festival Yeah, that sounds great. Is is there just a, a big, uh, I guess y'all are allowed to, to drink on the streets then in normal times? Like you don't have to drink in bars or you can drink wherever you want. Yeah, sure. You can drink uh, on the streets, but it's a little bit more complicated because hard drinks, uh, for example, like uh, horilka, vodka, uh, gin are not allowed on the streets. But some beer or wine, it's okay for you. I understand why you've uh, you've been there for so long, and Jeff, you got the jazz, and then you're able to walk around with a beer and hand. It sounds great. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> Definition of uh, freedom and civilization. Yeah, yeah, that's not so bad either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode. If you're interested in supporting Trey Rintala's Food Fund in New Orleans, or if you'd like to listen to the music of Meryl Zimmerman, please visit our website, LvivLab.com, and click on Podcast. That's LvivLab, L-V-I-V-L-A-B.com. And you click on Podcast, and we'll have information about how you can support Trey's Food Fund in New Orleans and how you can listen to Meryl's great jazz music. I'd also like to thank our friends at the Ukrainian Catholic University, who've been great uh, partners during this time of quarantine and innovation, and our friends, the journalist of Tavoy Misto, City of Yours, a uh, fantastic media hub here in the city of Lviv. And also to uh, thanks to Alex Babenko and Denis Boechko for their work on this podcast. And with that, we'll close out listening to the music from our great friends, the band Tornadoes from Gothenburg, Sweden. And with that, I will say goodbye and dopobachina from Lviv, Ukraine. Yeah. Well, I'm-